Hungary in the 1600s must have been a foreboding place. Imposing castles built high on steep mountains, surrounded by dark forests and ruled over by fearsome aristocrats. But none was more terrifying than the Blood Countess, who holds the record for being the world's most prolific female serial killer. Elizabeth Bathory. The ancient screams of her victims might still echo across the grim valleys of Transylvania, where, during her reign of terror, she tortured and killed up to 650 people. Or did she? Blind History, it is time for another episode, and I know how much people love hearing about the bad guys and the bad girls, and we've got a bad girl of all the evil proportions that you'd wished for today. It's actually somebody that Anthony found and said, we we can't finish this season without bringing her in. Her name is Elizabeth Bathory, or Bathory, we're going to call her either of those. I'm not going to try and pronounce any of these Hungarian names, but what a terrifying woman. Oh my God. So, so where did you even first hear about her? Because until you told me about her aunt, I didn't even know she existed. Well, Guinness Book of Records, first of all, for the highest number of murders. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. So that was the one area. And also I really enjoyed Vlad the Impaler. You know, he was a complete sadist, psychotic maniac. Yeah. And Bram Stoker used various people in history to put together, you know, Dracula. And it so happened that Elizabeth Bathory could have been a bigger part than old, uh, you know, Dracula or Count Dracula. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are in Dracula that she did or supposedly did that are in a lot of his stories. So that's where the interest came from. Well, like so many stories in history, and we have to be responsible here because we're not telling mythological tales. We have to be responsible and say that history is now reevaluating the story of Elizabeth Bathory. She is supposed to have, according to legend, according to most of the historical documents that we have to look at now, she's supposed to have killed between 80 and 650 people. And by the way, not just killed them, tortured them to death. So not a pleasant uh, story at all. What they're saying now is that her big enemy and the guy who supposedly brought her um, to order and, and, and incarcerated her in her own castle is a guy called Grigory Turso. He was her cousin. Yeah, correct. And her family were extremely powerful and she was enormously wealthy and, and very, very important member of the aristocracy in Hungary. So she owned lots and lots of properties, had castles all over the place. Many, many people worked for her. She had tremendous wealth. Extremely wealthy, extremely well-connected. She was the niece of Stephen Bathory, the King of Poland. And also to have a very strong personality from a woman was unusual. And, you know, I think that people were scared of that. A lot of people are saying now with reflection that maybe Grigory Turso and some of the other aristocrats, including her own family, conspired to have her put away so that they could enrich themselves. And there's there's a lot that they're digging up now that is tending to make her look a lot less evil than history has written her down to be. So we've just got to throw that in at the start. I hate to spoil a good story, but the rest of the story from here on in is the stuff that many people will come for. So she was born into a 
re- relatively wealthy family. She was married off quite early and um, she came from good stock. Her parents, though, were first cousins. And they say that that may have had some, let's say, some influence on the fact that she may have gone a little bit crazy. And it's entirely possible that she was beautiful, but then they used to paint all noblemen and noblewomen as being really good looking, even if they were bloody ugly, as we know from many of the Habsburgs and so on. And the Habsburgs were around by then, who were the masters of inbreeding. <laughs> That's exactly right. So she's supposed to have um, have been a, a fairly normal woman for much of her life. You know, she got married to uh, this guy called Ferenc. And uh, he was a member of the Nadazdi family. And the two of them seemed to have got on really well. He was a warrior. He went off to fight the, the Ottomans. She stayed at home and managed the estates. And apparently she was quite good at that. She was a good administrator. But at some point, something happened. And the two of them always liked a little bit of sadism. Apparently they were into mm. kind of inflicting really harsh punishment on the servant girls and that kind of thing. But when he went away to, to fight in, in battle, she made friends with uh, someone who they now say was a witch. Anna Nadazdi, right? Correct, yes. So let's talk about this Anna because she sounds like she was pretty uh, evil and she made a huge impact. She seems to have influenced Elizabeth at an early age because Elizabeth was already not exactly the world's most stable human being. And she'd already caused quite a lot of pain uh, among her servants, but she was more or less in control. I mean, nobody was going around saying, oh, don't work for her. Ultimately, though, her and her husband did torture people. And a lot of her torture that she learned, she learned from her husband. But when you torture um, and kill peasants or slaves, nobody really cares. Yeah, I mean, there were possessions in those days. So nobody really, and, they, you know, there were plentiful supply. And if your family made us think about it, you'd just wipe the whole family out. But she really showed some of her brutality when she was quite young in the way she treated animals and the way she treated her servants as she was growing up. She was well-educated, but yes, she was married at a very young age to the Nadasti family and Ferenc. But just before that, she'd had a baby with the lower order man. Yeah, some peasant from the village. Yes, and then Nadasti, he had the lover castrated and then torn to pieces by dogs. That sort of built the process, but it's hard to figure out when she snapped because he was away a lot and then he died of an illness. And after that, she kicked it up where she switched to noble woman and she started yeah. inviting noble woman for lessons. Yes. So it was probably okay if she'd carried on just killing peasants, but unfortunately for her, and maybe she was persuaded to do this by her accomplices, and there were a few of those that we'll get into in a moment, but um, she decided to set up a finishing school for the daughters of the of the nobility. So she would ostensibly be educating them on table manners and how to be elegant and walk properly and sit properly and speak properly and address people by the correct rank and precedence. You know, what kinds of things they should do in order to attain the sort of behavior that was expected of a, of a noble woman. And many of the, of the nobles thought, oh, great, we can send our daughters off here and they'll come back being refined, uh, not knowing that this woman was planning to torture and even kill some of their daughters. Yeah, and I think, Gareth, it was more like a finishing off school. <laughs> well, what kind of – let's just get into the torture because before we start separating – the noble women from the peasant women. I mean, she was just cruel on a whole different level. Apparently what she would do, this is obviously all part of the 
the myth that has grown up around her, but that she would bleed young virgins and then she would bath in their blood so that she could keep herself young and she could rub the blood into her skin in order to make herself seem more youthful and beautiful. Also, she drank the blood. And I think mm. Bram Stoker got that. But, the, you know, there's a debate. So like you said in the beginning, you know, we would always want to tell the truth. And this bathing in blood and drinking in blood came out a hundred years later. And it's not that the people a hundred years earlier were less gory. They were very gory. If they had something nice to say that, right. about gory, they would say it. But she definitely, there's no doubt in anybody's minds that she, some of the stuff she committed was horrific. She would cover the, her victims in honey and the ants would eat them or burn them with hot tongs and then froze them, bit their breasts, bit their shoulders, just And used to beat, like, like smack their asses until they died from the pain. Now, you know, yes. I mean, I don't know if, if you ever got a hiding from your, your father, if you ever got a hiding at school when that was still a thing that, that people did. But to beat someone to death like that requires a huge amount of energy. And she did have accomplices to help her. And they all seemed as bloodthirsty as she was. Yeah, she used to take a scissors and cut between the webbing of your fingers. Oh, my God. So really, really crazy stuff. And the worst was when you sew your mouth closed. I mean, oh you know, God. that's what Vlad did as well. So there was obviously something in the Hungarian, Transylvanian societies that they liked sewing the mouths closed. My God. But, you know, in those days you can sew a mouth closed of a poor peasant. Nobody raises an hour, no. but you do it of a noblewoman. Yeah, then suddenly you're in big trouble. Exactly. Apparently, she, she also used to sew uh, people into the, the body of a dead horse. So she would, you know, she'd kill a horse, then they, she'd have other people hollow it out, take out all the organs, and then sew a person inside alive and uh, wait for them to die. Nice. Yeah. yeah, really charming. And where did she put the bodies? You know, her servants had to figure out where to bury everybody. And, you know, the stench of human rotting bodies – so when she had guests, they always wondered what that smell was. And so then she moved to another castle, you know, during that period until they sorted out that mess. But word had to get out at some stage, and it did. And during that period and a little bit later on, there was a lot of vampire. Um, people were very scared talking about these vampires, and she fitted the bill 100%. Yeah, look, I think there was a huge amount of depravity in society that, that was considered quite normal at the time. But this part of the world seems to have had an excess of really brutal and quite violent people. And certainly all the, all the legends around this area were monsters and vampires and werewolves. And I mean, it must have been a scary place to live, especially if you're some poor, uneducated peasant. And you're taught that the woman in the castle is also going to try and steal you at some point to torture you to death. Kind of been fun, you know, living in one of her towns that she owned. No, it just would have been terrible. And I think that imagine sending your daughter to this finishing school mm. and she never comes back. And that's what happened. Oh, she, she made up a story, by the way. She made up a story about that. She said one of the girls had gone crazy and killed all the others. But nobody really believed that. That was also when Grigori Tursa got involved. He was actually appointed by the king to investigate because these noble women had gone missing. These, these young girls who belonged to these aristocratic families had gone missing. Apparently, he pitched up at the castle unannounced. And he and his soldiers waited in a place they couldn't see uh, them. And she, Elizabeth, and her one accomplice, this Anna, this witch, made an incantation outside the the door of the castle, outside the gates of the castle. And supposedly they heard her kind of 
casting this spell. Now, again, we don't know if this is true or not, but this is what they, they wrote in their testimony. And that they then went up to the castle and found a partly disembodied corpse of a young girl right at the gate. And that was when he said, look, we got to sort this shit out right now. Went in with his soldiers. They found people torturing girls in the dungeons. They found Elizabeth and they decided there and then something's got to be done. Apparently, Grigory then called a little meeting of all of the Bathory relatives, said to them, listen, guys, in order to not embarrass her, we will just incarcerate her without a trial, which also seems kind of convenient now in mm. retrospect, you know, because you shut her up. She can never really tell her side of the story. She can't defend herself. And they just pretty much locked her away from that point on. That that was the last anyone saw of yeah. her. But King Matthias, who was a Habsburg, he wanted her to be tried. Her servants were tried and they were hanged, quartered, chopped up, whatever they did in those days. But they never tried her because of the nobility and what it could have on the nobility in, in the area or in the, yeah. in the region. So she was just you, 100% correct. They put her in a castle and they bricked the castle up and mm. kept her a prisoner. Yeah, I mean, some people say it was house arrest, but I'm, I mean, if you brick someone into their own dungeon, there was no door. She died in there. She complained that her hands were cold on the last night of her life. And the guard said to her, don't worry about that. Just go, just go and have a rest. And she died the next morning. But if you look at her legacy and where she comes from, she was named the most prolific murderer, a female mm -hmm. murderer in the Guinness Book of Records. She was compared to Vlad, the Impaler, and he was one of the mm -hmm. most notorious people in history. <laughs> I mean, that's quite vicious company to be part of. Her legacy was the scary, haunted, blood-sucking sailors. Terrifying. So, you know, all of, all of that is true. And I, I do think it's also fair, again, to just bring in the other side of the story, because modern historians have said that she might have been the victim of a conspiracy. And they say that there was a lot of political motivation behind the things that happened to her. Apparently, the king owed her a huge debt for fighting the Ottomans, because her husband had brought back treasures from his defeat of the Ottomans. And they'd become very wealthy during those wars. But the, the coffers of King Matthias had become depleted. And he actually borrowed money from Elizabeth Bathory. And interestingly enough, his debts were cancelled as soon as she died, which also makes you think that's convenient. 100%. Bathory also appeared to have supported her nephew, which is Gabor Bathory, and he wasn't really liked. Um, mm -hmm. He was the ruler of Transylvania. So it wasn't uncommon to accuse wealthy widows of, of murder, witchcraft, or sexual misconduct during that period. Absolutely. I mean, listen, if you were a woman and you were just a little bit outside of the box and they couldn't call you a good wife and a good mother um, and you broke any rules or taboos and clearly she was a little uh, different to the other women then of course you were obviously a witch and there must have been something wrong with you so again looking at it with the the lens of of you know kind of hindsight you, you may be more forgiving of her than history seems to have been in any case she does hold that guinness record for the most kills as a serial killer and um, I'm absolutely convinced that nobody wants to wander around that castle at night. Definitely not. It's, a, it's now a ruin, the castle where she lived to her dying days. There's not a lot left of it, but it is in a scary part of the world and it's spooky as all hell. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't be part of that. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> the Blood Countess Elizabeth Battery. Blind History is brought to you by Taylor Blinds and Shutters. 
All the episodes are available on the cliffcentral.com website and app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, she's supposed to have just buried the bodies in the courtyard of her castle. She didn't even try that hard. I mean, like shallow graves. Dogs would like dig up one or two of the bodies and there'd be like an arm sticking out in the courtyard. And this is all obviously told, you know, a couple of generations later. But supposedly the, the, the hungry dogs would just dig up the bodies of all of her victims.